Welcome to the Metal Hammer podcast. It is episode 176. I am Mel from Metal Hammer and I'm joined today by Mr. Stephen Hill, also from Metal Hammer, amongst other things. How are you doing, Steve? I'm really good, thank you, mate. I'm really, really good, really excited about the weekend and what we're about to talk about. Excited to talk to you and excited for the weekend, which is happening. Yes, it's going to be good. We are doing a big old preview of this year's, quite frankly, immense and very exciting and very interesting Bloodstock lineup. Bloodstock is uh, happening right this second, in fact. I think the gates have just opened, Steve, over in Catton, which is quite exciting. People are flooding in right now. Uh, we're going to get there on Friday for when the kind of, I guess, main portion of the festival uh, kicks into gear. Uh, but before we get stuck into all of that, don't forget to pick up the latest issue of Metal Hammer magazine. It's out right now. It's celebrating 20 years of toxicity by System of a Down. You can get it in shops across the UK or from tinyurl.com slash gethammer. Uh, I should also shout out our awesome friends, our lovely sponsors at Killstar, the world's very coolest and most awesome alternative fashion, clothing and accessory uh, company go over to killstar.com to go and browse all their awesome ranges right now they've got a load of new ranges up as we speak a cool range called dazed and doom a new one called wasteland witch i mean that literally just sounds like a metal band like how could it not be good uh, they've got everything from t-shirts to hoodies to tops to skirts to dresses to bags to jewelry to lifestyle items as i said uh, loads of really cool homeware stuff as well you can just deck yourself out for the rest of summer and get prepared for spooky season as well because it is almost upon us and yes i do count down the days to halloween uh, so if you're interested in all of that go over to killstar.com now and browse all their most spectacular wares right then bloodstock it's the 20th anniversary of bloodstock this year Stephen. that's pretty exciting isn't it what an evolution that's had yeah it's really really exciting i mean you know, I think we've spoken about festivals in uh, before on this podcast and how back in the day, you know, the idea of getting more than just a couple of bands with slightly distorted guitars at a UK festival was unbelievably exciting. You know, in the 90s, kind of post the Monsters of Rock going away and before we got a kind of regular download or whatever, you'd get like, you know, you'd be delighted if you got placebo going on after Rocket from the Crypt on the main stage at Reading Festival. That felt like, oh my God, all my heavy festival dreams have come at once. But the idea that a kind of full-blown, well, heavy metal festival, but like really kind of dealing in extreme metal, uh, would, would pull in so many people in this country. It was just unheard of, like a total pipe dream. But here we are, 20 years later, and... You know, it's 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 happening and it does happen every year, you know, pandemics allowing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's another reason it is such a big deal because it is the first bloodstock for two years. And obviously we had download pilot in June. Uh, um, was it in June or was it in May? No, it wasn't June, wasn't it? June. Yeah, yeah. it was near the end of June. Um, this summer is just rolling by so fast. Uh, and that was amazing. That was like the kind of return of rock festivals to the UK. But obviously it was a slightly different download. It's an experimental download. It's slightly outside the usual remit of what download is. Like this is the first kind of full on as nature intended heavy metal festival that we've had uh, in our sphere for two years. It's really, really exciting. And yeah, as you say, kind of back in the day, the idea of having metal represented to this extent at a major outdoor festival was just so unlikely. I mean, the first ever Bloodstock was at the Derby Assembly Rooms on Monday, 28th of May, 2001. I'm looking at the poster right now. Uh, so, you know, very humble beginnings, but still had some pretty cool bands playing. They had Saxon headlining. I mean, I guess it's probably worth noting that Saxon in 2001 were probably considered in a slightly different space to where they are now. We hadn't kind of quite had the big boom of heavy metal returning as it did with the kind of uh, ongoing success of Maiden and Priest and the kind of new, new wave of heavy metal that turned up in the mid-2000s. None of that stuff had really happened yet. So Saxon were in a slightly different spot at that point in their career, I would say. But they are headlining. You had Glenn Hughes playing. You had Blaze Bailey. You had Skyclad. It was a proper, like, heavy metal festival at that point in time. Um, and yeah, if you just kind of look at how the lineup has evolved over the years, it's, underg it's undergone some fascinating changes and shifts. I mean... Steve and I's first Bloodstock was for both of us in 2011. Um, you know, that that was a pretty metal lineup, I would say. Wasp Immortal and Motorhead's headlining, more with Angel playing, At The Gates playing, Exodus, Hammerfall. 
you know, it's still very much kind of tied to its underground and extreme and heavy metal roots at that point. Um, and then I feel like the next year is where Bloodstock really started to expand in a major way and started to make the kind of bookings that would maybe be a bit controversial, maybe considered a bit bold. Um, I mean, it was the first year that Hatebreed played, for instance, and it sounds mad to say it now, but 2012, when Hatebreed got booked, a lot of people kicked off about that. And inexplicably, Machine Heads were deemed by some as not being a suitable headliner for a metal festival, <laughs> which I find mind-blowing. But what do you kind of remember of all the discourse around those bookings when they happened, Steve? Um, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because, I mean, like, I, I kind of understand it. On one hand, I do sort of understand that if you are someone who has spent the who had spent the last decade going to Bloodstock and was used to seeing death metal bands, black metal bands, power metal bands, the type of bands who have been, you know, like you mentioned Saxon, completely shunned by the media and the mainstream and, you know, really kind of contemporary metal looked at as you know, really old hat, a bit of a joke. And you've got this festival which is saying, no, 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 come here and all of that stuff will be represented for you here. And that's what we're going to be doing. And I think like, you know, when I think back to 2011 and when I went, I mean, you look on the smaller stages, there were like grungy alternative rock bands and there were, you know, kind of more metalcore bands and almost new, you know, kind of bouncy, groovier, new metal bands and groove metal stuff going like, you know, it's not true to say that it, that stuff was never there, you know, at that point kind of going further down the bill. But I can understand a little bit how if you were fucking really deeply ingrained in that extreme metal world, you would probably feel a little bit like, well, hold on. You know, we've had this festival for 10 years and it's been our thing and no one else, all you lot who, who kind of shunned it or whatever, suddenly, you know, now it's getting bigger and it's getting a, big, a better, bigger reputation all of these other bands are going to start coming in and, you know, like I hope it doesn't dilute the pool of the stuff that I really, really like that was being represented. So I do understand it on that level. What I don't understand is they book Machine Head. Do you know what I mean? They, they didn't book, they didn't book Linkin Park. They, yeah. booked, they, they booked Machine Head. They've not jumped from like Immortal to like fucking you know, we came as Romans or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like a weird thing to be like, well, you know, this festival's getting bigger and bigger and every time I go, there's more, you know, it seems like there's more and more people paying attention to it. And so at some point, you're going to have to start getting bands that will fill that field. Um, and Machine Head, to me, you know, like Rob Flynn was in Violence, who obviously had to pull out this year. And, you know, they it's not like Machine Head, it, it kind of predated the... I guess I think that some people have this like weird post Pantera thing with that anything post black album, anything post Pantera, anything from that, that don't, we don't want that. We don't want that. And those people, you know, people are saying Lamb of God were too groovy, which makes you think what, that would, would black Sabbath not be allowed to play bloodstock because they would be too groovy. Like black Sabbath are really fucking groovy. Um, so it's a weird thing. So I kind of like, I don't, I don't really like the idea of people getting too kind of, Het up in their little boxes about what a festival should and shouldn't be. But at the same time, if you were a fan of that style, if you're a massive Immortal fan and you're like, I really wanted Emperor, but they're not playing because Machine Head are playing, I can see why you might be a little, get a little bit disappointed. But I just think it's the nature of of what the festival needed to do. And it's proven to be the right choice for sure, hasn't it? Really? It has. Yeah, it feels like Bloodstock has got bigger and bigger and bigger. Um I think kind of the, the most drastic shift. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, they did have Lamb of God play, of course. Um, and that was kind of considered, an, I guess, like an interesting headliner. Um, I mean, people even moaned about Within Temptation headlining, which I thought was bizarre because they played, obviously, one of the very earliest incarnations of the festival. They've been there like pretty much since day one or thereabouts. Um, but when Parkway Drive headlined in 2019, that felt like a very de- decisive uh, move by the festival because that wasn't just a band who were maybe outside the kind of quote unquote true cult heavy metal kind of remit but it was a band who were on the rise a young modern band who are kind of looking for their first opportunity to do something like that like machine head lamb of god god love them brilliant bands but 
you know, they they kind of been around the blocks many, many times. They're well established. Like Parkway are very much a band on the rise. Um, and I thought that would be a really interesting precursor to where they could go from here because I kind of felt like once Parkway played, it opened the gates even further. And I think what's really interesting about this year's lineup is that it's one of the most kind of exciting and maybe even experimental and bold lineups they've ever put together. And even though a lot of that has been through their hand being forced because of the pandemic and lots of bands dropping out, uh, we saw Ginger, for instance, dropping out um, only just this week. You know, the likes of While She Sleeps and Loathe and Malevolence, certainly Wargasm. Uh, it's an interesting lineup, isn't it, Steve? Like this, this doesn't feel like a lineup that we might that Bloodstock would have maybe gravitated to so quickly if it wasn't for the circumstances. Yeah, and I think the circumstances have maybe done some young British bands a, a favour here. Really, I mean, I think you know, a few years ago, the idea of a band like Loathe playing Bloodstock, particularly on the main stage, and when you see how high up they are, the on the bill they are as well, that might have felt like well, that's a weird thing because you know, Loathe. Um, they don't look like a metal band and there's lots about Loathe that really isn't inspired by or influenced by or has anything to do with metal at all. Now, seven, eight years ago, that would have been quite a, well, not even quite, it would have been a very bold booking. In fact, I would have said it probably was a sort of band they shouldn't have been looking at at all. But here we are and I think it's a chance for a lot of young British bands who maybe... Um, have had to kind of ride on into the rescue to to do something which is slightly out of their comfort zone, slightly out of the festival's comfort zone, um, but but will give them a really, really good opportunity to play to some people that might have never heard of them before, some people that might not have seen them before, and to really change the kind of genetic makeup of the festival and maybe even bring people in who might not have ever even considered going to Bloodstock before. Mm-hmm. Like how many people who are like, oh, while she sleeps and loathe and... Uh, wargasm are playing now so yeah shit i might let's just let's have a i've never thought about going to this festival before but i've got there's there's no other alternative so i'm gonna go it's a really good opportunity for for i think for everyone involved really it's 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 super i think it's super exciting it's really exciting and like you know obviously download had a fantastic lineup as well earlier in the summer and obviously download gets to kind of be an even more diverse festival because it branches out into pop punk and emo and everything else um Bloodstock obviously can't, and let's be realistic, hopefully won't do that at this point. Um, but in terms of just metal, anything that comes under the banner of metal or like just heavy, exciting music, I mean, this is as diverse as it gets, I think, musically, because you've got everything from proper old school heavy metal royalty and Judas Priest and Saxon and Diamond Head to kind of like thrash is really all represented. You've got Creator and Evil and everything else. You've got lots of extreme metal here. Um, including Cradle of Filth, one of the most influential and important extreme metal bands of all time. Uh, you've got the kind of just, however the hell you try to categorise everything Devin Townsend does. You've got the party metal with Skin Dread. You've got the Wild Hearts in there as well. That's kind of a, a, a fun booking. Um, you've got like modern, exciting extreme metal with Venom Prison. And then you've got all these kind of young British bands around the fringes, like Loathe, like I said, Malevolence, Silosis, etc., etc. Um and you've got all the comedy metal bands as well, like, you know, Bloody Glory Hammer and Evil Scarecrow and Hannah War and uh, oh, what's that other one? There's Have you heard band- of Ingester? You know, the Ingester? You've seen that lot? No. Mate, they look like they they basically, I mean, I don't think I've even listened to them, but they basically look like they got kicked out of Insane Clown Posse and just decided to make a band anyway. Oh, it's, fucking it's, hell. Well, it's actually- weird. As as we speak, I think yesterday evening they announced that Hacktivist wouldn't be playing, and they've been replaced by. You say there's no pop punk. There's a band called Punk Rock, um, Punk Rock Factory, who have replaced, uh, who have replaced um, Hacktivist. I don't know what that is. Uh, they are, you know, me first in the Gimme Gimmies. It's basically like a, a, it, it's oh. it's that it's that, but they do like children's theme tune. They do like pop punk covers of like kids TV programs. So they sound absolutely fucking horrendous, to be honest. <laughs> yes, yeah, fucking great. punk rock factory. They should should be called like us last and the fuck off fuck offs rather than or something like that. Wow, that was uh, witty. Yeah, I know. It's just uh, yeah. can't tell you've already recorded a lot of podcasts over the last two days. <laughs> But yeah, they're like me first and gimme gimme's, but like obviously not going to be as good 
And that's a very low bar, I would say. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not a big fan of that. But I don't like pop punk at all, really, for the most part, anyway. So it's probably unfair for me to to judge. Um, Let's get stuck into it then. Well, yeah, maybe. I guess that's kind of my job. Uh, (laughs) Let's get stuck into it then. We mentioned that the, the gates of Bloodstock are open right now. I'm sure if you're already at the festival, you know this, but there is music happening across the festival tomorrow. Uh, Thursday and today, Wednesday. Um, and there's some good bands as well. It's a shame the Hacktivists are pulled out because they're quite a well-established act. But this isn't like... I don't want to sound disrespectful to how these things are normally put together, but normally, you know, a lead up to the main stage opening, you get kind of smaller bands and maybe local bands. It's slightly, a slightly different vibe. But you've got like Onslaught and Lawnmower Death playing really well, respected, established bands. Um, you've got King Witch playing. There's a lot of hype around them. You've got Raised by Owls. People absolutely fucking love that band. Um, you've got Urn as well, who have put out one of the best, maybe the best debut metal album of the year. Oh, without any question. Yeah, I would say so. There you go. Yeah, definitely go check them out. They are fucking brilliant. Um, and yeah, there's lots of other stuff going on as well. Uh, I think, is it Casket Feeder? I think Casket Cask- Feeder are playing yeah. on the Thursday yeah, or Wednesday as well. Yeah, I think so, yeah, they're a lot at the same time as Urn, annoyingly. Oh, no way. Well, you are spoilt for choice then, even across the two quote-unquote preview days. So there's loads of great stuff going on for sure. Um, in terms of the Friday, I guess we should start at the top. Mr. Devin Townsend doing a doing a, a, a by request set. Um You're a big Devin fan, Steve. I feel like Devin's been so prolific over the last kind of decade plus that it's easy to take him for granted. But I think this could be... Maybe this is kind of a bit of an overlooked headliner on this year's lineup. I think it could be pretty fucking epic, could it not? Yeah, I mean, I say I'm a a big Devin fan. I'm a big Devin fan because he's got so much stuff. Because he's just released so much over the years. I mean, I really love Ocean Machine. Um, and I obviously, I, I think Strapping Young Lad is amazing. I'd love to see a Strapping Young Lad reformation. And I hope this by request thing means that he is sort of forced to do a little, and it's a more of a kind of metal setting. I would love to see him like whack out a few Strapping Young Lad songs. That would be fucking amazing. I think that last album he put out in, oh my God, what, 2019? Start of 2000? Empath? Was that 2019? I think it was. Anyway. Um, it was, yeah. I was just looking that up. 2019. That, that album is fucking unbelievable. So I, I hope he plays a fair bit of stuff off of that record. He's just got endless, endless, endless amounts of material. So kind of, I think the fun of going to see Devin Townsend will be like, you know, what what will he play? You know, like he's got so much to choose from. Um, obviously, I was just, uh, I was just racking it up. The- and I, th- I think he's put out nine studio, something like nine studio albums in like 13 years so like there's just so much stuff to choose from i was i was actually making a little bloodstock mix um to get myself hyped and i actually had to ask l because she's like a you know i do love Devin, but she's an even bigger Devin fan than i am and i, I kind of said to her like i don't know what to put on this mix because you could just feel like two hours worth just of potential songs he might play like it's ridiculous yeah, I mean, I like Epicloud that came out in 2012 was one that I thought was really, really good as well. I love that album. That's a that, great album. That that will sound really fucking good um, in that setting, I think. So yeah, I'm hoping for a bit of that as well. But yeah, like, who knows what Devin might play? You might get a bit of Ziltoid, you know, you, that I wouldn't be surprised to see that shit popping up as well. Um, he's done some mad shit in his life and he's put some mad fucking records out. And he's on incredibly good form if that last record is anything to go by. I'm really excited. I've not seen him since Empath has come out. So I'm dead keen to see some of that material. But it's just the the fucking ludicrous pick-a-mix that could be a Devin Townsend set, I think, is really fucking great. Yeah, it's really exciting stuff. And it's a really savvy booking as well because there's just so much love for Devin. He's just one of the most beloved figureheads in our world for sure. Uh, and speaking of which, Skin Dreads, sub-headliner, second sub-headliner set of the summer. It's just guaranteed to be a party in it. There's like, just everyone knows Skin Dreads would be amazing. Uh, the Wild Hearts, you would kind of say is a really reliable, great book and you know what you're going to get as well. But obviously, probably a bit of unfinished fitness after that unfortunate download set a couple of months back. Yeah, um, I actually saw the Wild Arts playing, downloading, I think it was the last download at 2019 that we, we went to, and they didn't pull a massive crowd, to be honest, which I'm always sort of, 
I was a little bit surprised. I mean, I wasn't, it didn't pull a massive crowd at download and I was sort of, I was less surprised by that. But I did think, you know, I always felt like the wild arts were like, a bit like therapy we'll talk about in a little bit, the kind of um, alt-rock band that it's all right for metalheads to like because they're just so, you know, straight, like fucking straight down the line, no fucks, just no frills, proper, you know, and, and like, you know they're they're from the, the right side of the tracks, if you like. So I was quite surprised that the Wild Eyes didn't pull a massive crowd, but when they, they ended with I Wanna Go Where The People Go, and that was when a load of people suddenly came running over. I think if you're a certain age, if you're a certain age and you remember when the Wild Arts were a big deal, all, seeing the Wild Arts will always be a big deal to you. Like, will sure. always be exciting. Uh, if you're not, then I would suggest that you go over and watch that band and watch a genuinely one of Britain's best ever rock bands. I think that's very fair. Um, I think the booking below the Wild Hearts on the main stage on Friday is probably in some ways the thing I'm most excited about across the whole weekend. Venom Prison, four from top on the main stage of an outdoor music festival. Really, really fucking exciting to me because this is a death metal band. And I know that they're a death metal band that kind of have their feet kind of partly in the hardcore world as well. And they're kind of like a trendy name to drop. They've done Glastonbury. They did the Trivium tour, the Metal Hammer tour a couple of years back. They were great there. Um, but I don't know if there's any extreme metal band that's come out of the UK in recent years that I'm just so confident that can, can just completely smash the tits off of this main stage set. I think they're going to be great. I think they could be, maybe could be the young band of the weekend that everyone comes back talking about. I don't want to like pile pressure on or anything like that, but there's something about this booking that I find really exciting. And I think it's a great opportunity for them because if ever a band to come out of this country that was as heavy as they are could actually go on and do something quite significant, I genuinely think it's them. This is, am I ever hoping this, Steve? I don't think you are, mate. No, I think Venom Prison are a, a fucking awesome band, and B, they are the closest that kind of extreme music gets to being um, capable to translate to big stages, because. I think there are a few bands in kind of death metal and stuff who's like Cannibal Corpse sound good outdoors. You know what I mean? You get a big stumpy meaty riffs. I think they can play outdoors. Right. But I think it is quite a difficult thing for death metal and black metal to translate on big stages. Now we saw Venom Prison opening for Power Trip, Code Orange and Trivium at Brixton Academy on the Metal Hammer tour a few years ago. And, you know, like that's tough company for them to be, you know, opening such a legendary venue and everyone was on their absolute A game that night, including Venom Prison, who were fucking brilliant that night. Absolutely fucking brilliant, as were all the bands. But I think Venom Prison have that thing, that hardcore background that means that this is not, you know, this is not Morbid Angel with weird kind of difficult technical arcane kind of almost impossible to... To, to, to fill a hole you know it's hard to get that type of music and for it to just sound good coming out of speakers in a windy field like in the rain or, or whatever or you know if it's sunny or whatever it's quite a difficult thing to get right i think venom prison have got the songs that just hit you in the sternum straight away smash there it is and it's like yeah if if a young extreme metal band are going to come along and blow the tits off of it on that big stage and just sound fucking instantly satisfactory. Do you know, like not satisfying, like satisfying, I should say, not satisfactory. Then Venom Prison are the band to do it. That album they put out last year, which was a bunch of like, was it like B-sides or early stuff that they re-recorded? It was re- a re- couple of retooled EPs, I think. Yeah, Primeval, um, which came out last year. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, it was so good. So, so, so good. Um yeah, I agree with everything you've just said. And I think what excites me about Venom Prison in this booking is that, you know, the Bloodstock and Download crowds are slightly different. There is a lot of crossover there, but I think they are ultimately slightly different crowds. The Bloodstock one is, you know, 90% metal and Download is like a far wider mix of, of different people, I think. Um, and for me, Venom Prison, out of all these young bands on this bill, they're the ones that can completely work at both festivals and can kind of really become 
one of those hallmark bands of both festivals. They've played the main stage of Bloodstock before and they were fucking great. So people that go to Bloodstock regularly will have seen them before. So this isn't like a totally unknown quantity, like someone like Loathe might be, for instance, to a lot of people that go to Bloodstock, I feel like. Um, so it's a really exciting booking and I think uh, I'm just completely confident they're going to absolutely wreck it. Uh, speaking of Loathe as well, they are playing right under Venom Prison. I mean, this is just such a great lineup. Um, definitely got some unfinished business after their unfortunate sounds uh, issues at, uh, at Download Pilot. Um, I'm sure they'll go down great as well. You've got Acid Ray before that. Um, Svalbard as well. I feel like I, I, I've overlooked Svalbard a bit on this lineup when I've talked about it before. But um, they're another band that I think can just appeal to so many different demographics with what they do. I think they could go down an absolute storm on the main stage at Bloodstock, right? Yeah, similarly to, um, to to Venom Prison, actually, I think what what Svalbard do is a kind of again like lacing. I mean, would you say black? It's kind of black metally, like I guess, kind of lacing that black metal, blackened blackened thing with a bit of hardcore that gives it that you know that weight to kind of make it travel and just that kind of instantaneous nature. I think Svalbard have that, but they also, I mean, what they do have that Venom Prison probably don't have so much is they do have a lot of sort of subtleties and a lot of like um, more kind of complex ethereal parts that um, I guess will be a little bit more difficult to navigate on a big stage. But they they have, you know, they have still got that kind of, punk rock thing about them where you know i've seen them live a bunch of times and i've never seen them on, i mean i've never seen them on a stage this big i'm not even sure if they themselves would have even played a stage this big but it is really fucking exciting to see them again off the back of a fucking great album that they put out last year mm. you know the best album they put out in their career without any shadow of a doubt definitely their best record agreed um for them to be doing a massive stage like this is is like a, a a proper test and you've got to imagine they're going to be super fired up for it because they've been around a while and there's a lot of their peers that have had you know main stage slots at download or do you know what i mean and they Svalbard mm-hmm. always seem like they've never had the same amount of chances or the same kind of slots and now it looks like people are sort of finally starting to take interest or to sort of take pay attention to them so i think this could be the moment where they go we've waited so long for this that we have to smash it do you know what i mean yeah, agreed and all of that. They're a fucking great band and I think this is a really, again, a really good opportunity for them. There's just so many great opportunities that have come out of, unfortunately, the pandemic wreaking a lot of havoc with parts of this lineup. Um, I mean, uh, the main stage on Friday is great, but the the Sophie tent, the Sophie Lancaster stage um, on the Friday is, is just stacked with names. I mean, Napalm Death, Conan, uh, Evil, Raging Speedhorn, like... This is not like it's quite a heavyweight lineup for a tent, isn't it? Mate, it's fucking unbelievable this lineup. Really, really great. Um I would I mean Napalm Death are one of the greatest bands of all time. What like regardless of genre, I would say they're just one of and the And on form as good as that like any stretch of their career right now. That album came number two in our Arms of the Year list last year, which is astonishing really when you think about it. Yeah, just absolutely ridiculously great band. Um, Conan, I saw a little while back um, with Conjure supporting them. Um, I would say Conjure probably uh, stole the night, to be honest. But, you know, um, Conan were really good. Evile, like, again, a fucking pretty good album that they put out recently was was great. Speed On, I mean, I've seen Rage and Speed On about a thousand times because they supported every single band ever back in the 90s. And they're always really, really good, just like... I think they played the last Bloodstock that I went to and they're a bit more kind of flabby around the waist. They've got grayer hair, but they're still just like... Aren't we all? <laughs> sludgy. Yes, absolutely. Um, Iron Monkey worship, like amazing. Really, really good. And I want to shout out uh, Gargandua as well, who are a kind of post-something, post sort of post-metal band. Um, uh, they're really good. They had an album out last year, which I thought was promising really quite promising i think they've they if you like your kind of cult of lunary neurosis stuff they're pretty good as well that's pretty cool uh yeah it's just i mean i agree like yeah eva put a very good album out um this year i think it was this year uh and yeah i mean shrapnel are just a little bit below them as well so there's lots of good stuff going on for sure um saturday one of the kind of most 
I guess, understated bloodstock bookings of recent times, but one that could be a genuinely exciting, career-defining, kind of vindicating performance for one of the all-time great metal bands. Create a headline in the Saturday night, I think is going to be fucking great, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Anyone who saw them sub-headline to Ghost back in 2000-something yeah. teen? 17, uh, I reckon. 17. It was on the... It's on their Meliora cycle, I think. So, yeah. Mm, mm. They put on a bigger show than Ghost. And the the sort of form... Just think about that for a second, by the way. That's quite a big statement to kind of drop in the air about a thrash metal band. Yeah. I mean, their show was ridiculous. Unbelievable. I didn't quite know what I was seeing. And I've seen... You know, creator, like when I was come when I started listening to metal or whatever, like, you know, people would mention Pleasure to Kill and so if you like thrash, you know, you should do it. But really, like in the mid nineties, thrash metal in general, and particularly kind of Teutonic German thrash, like, you know, Sodom and Destruction and Creator were, were not cool. Do you know what I mean? Like this was not the time that those bands were 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 kind of um like the names on everybody's lips. But as we sort of went into the new millennium and thrash started getting a bit of a sort of revival and everything and well and that kind of that thrash revival happened i mean there's not many bands that you could say who have been as consistent and have built slowly and surely and have just gone about their business with no fuss whatsoever getting a little bit bigger on each album a little bit bigger on each tour than creator and they put it, they've done it by putting out great album after great album after great album, continuing to like evolve their stage show, playing to more and more people, never letting anyone down, no fuss, no hype, no, you know, oh, they're back, like none of that shit. They've just carried on doing the thing they're doing. I mean, I remember in 2014, they played the Forum in London, which holds about 2,500 people if you're not familiar with it and with Arch Enemy and I was like oh it'll be Arch Enemy with Creator supporting them no it was Arch Enemy supporting Creator and that was when I was like oh wow like Creator have really fucking like they're stepping up and then they, they put out a couple of albums since then that have been great they smashed it at Bloodstock and they're stepping in now and you just think well this has been like two decades in the making and it's Three been three decades most, in the making yeah but it's been like the most beautiful kind of slow but sure slow and steady wins a race like incremental build bit by bit by bit it's it's fucking great i mean it's 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 a really inspiring thing to see i think yeah i agree i was just kind of working out actually how long they have been coming over to the uk um i mean yeah first album was 1985 so it's like the better part of a 40 year career and they're one of the i mean if you look outside of the big four in the bay area in general like the German thrash metal scene is one of the most influential metal scenes ever and created with the biggest and best out of those bands. But, you know, I got into metal in the very early 2000s and in 2001, when I was first going to gigs, I just looked this up, Creator were literally playing the Mean Fiddler and they were like an esta- like their influence in metal was established by then. They were like a, 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 a kind of an established, beloved, respected metal band, but they were not a big deal in this country at that point. They were not given the same kind of appreciation and respect as any of their American peers. Um, and I agree to see them get to this point, which feels long overdue, but it didn't really feel overdue until they did that, that set with Bloodstock at Ghost. Cause it's just, I don't know. I just never felt creator would get to this point because it just felt like that's not where the metal scene was in terms of which bands were getting bigger and bigger, but you're right. They just fucking grafted, um, you know, the legacy is obviously indisputed, but like it's, the fact that they finally got to this point now where they can play to a field in front of 20,000 people and it feels totally justified is fucking great. And then supporting them, you've just got... I mean, this is just creating a kind of trio of like three of the most important, influential and respected metal bands of all time. You've got Creator, supported by Cradle of Filth, and then you've got Paradise Lost after that, who are doing Draconian Times in Four. I mean, this is like... For like metal, if you want like a fucking, we talked about Bloodstock like kind of diversifying and people being unhappy with certain bands entering the lineup. But if you want to go, we're a fucking heavy metal festival and our Saturday night is going to be Paradise Lost doing Draconian Times into Cradle of Filth, into Creator. I mean, who's arguing with that? Do you know what I mean? 
I don't want to meet the guy who is. Like, fucking hell. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, that is a great run. Uh, I mean, I, I only just realised, or only just knew, that Paradise Lost was doing Draconian Times in full, which is amazing. Like, I, it's just a fucking, such a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant record. And they're always great. Like, Paradise Lost are, are always, always great. No matter what kind of era or style you want to stick in to them. I mean, actually, <laughs> I did, even the synth, I was about to say, even the synth pop stuff, I actually did a thing for the Hammer website recently of 10 bad records by um, good 90s bands. And I stuck host in there and I had to kind of go, I actually quite like it. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I actually quite like that record. But I like it when it got remixed rather than and remastered because I think the original, anyway, I'm getting off topic a little bit. They won't play anything from host. So <laughs> I wouldn't have thought they'd play the Depeche Mode stuff when they're like playing Bloodstock. That would be very silly. But it's a last minute mind change. Actually. Yeah, actually, yeah. Let's get the leather trousers back on and the eye makeup. But and, and yeah, Cradle of Filth. I mean, again, Cradle of Filth, like old reliable, isn't it? They must have played Bloodstock God knows how many times and, you know, save for getting a gobstopper chucked at his head that that year. Um, I think everyone's always enjoyed it. I think Cradle have won that war, haven't they? They got added yeah. to this lineup quite late on, by the way. So again, shout out them and shout out Bloodstock for pulling this lineup together because they were quite a late booking. And like, look, we can all take Cradle for granted because they, they churn out an album every so often. They've always been around. Danny's never shy of being in the media, but they're one of the most important and greatest quite frankly extreme metal bands ever and uh to kind of ring them in late on it's pretty fucking cool and yeah sorry to go back to my other point i kind of feel like cradle have won that war because they they were like the laughing stock of the extreme metal scene for a while people like took the piss out of them danny was seen as this kind of like funny character um and it was kind of like ha 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 like cradle uh. i kind of feel like they've won that war now haven't they like i, I can't take anyone seriously that takes the piss out of cradle of filth now yeah it feels a bit it feels a bit old hat that that argument now, doesn't it? It feels a little bit like really yeah. we still we still doing this? Are we really still doing this? It's really weird. It's a bit like you know people who say oh when Metallica cut their hair or when or like oh when Metallica did that to Napster and it's like really you, you still still hold on to that? Are you? Don't know what's yeah. been happening in the last twenty years. It's um, like people yeah. are kind of going oh corn aren't real metal or something. It's just like where have you have you been in a cave since the nineties? What are you doing with your yeah, life? Really, like really this weird. Is, but yeah, I feel like Cradle, like, I don't know. I feel like they've won that battle now. Um, and so they fucking should have. While she sleeps on the main stage, feel like they've had their kind of definitive moment this summer. It's going to be hard to top that download set. But I don't know. Can you see Bloodstock taking to sleeps? I, f- I find this the the most interesting booking of the weekend, maybe. Apart from Wargasm, but that's probably slightly different. <laughs> they're kind um, of coming to replace yeah. Bury Tomorrow Bury Tomorrow arguably a slightly better fit for Bloodstock because they're like a proper metalcore band Sleep's obviously pulled from hardcore post-hardcore a lot of different elements going on uh, where do you sit with Sleep's at Bloodstock? well I'm very very excited to see them and they're arguably uh, and they're arguably uh, the, the biggest band playing that day um, ooh that's going to upset some people <laughs> well you know, let's look at where those bands have been playing over the last sort of couple of years. I mean, there's certainly, if you're saying who would play, who would pull a bigger crowd in at their headline show, Cradle of Filth or Paradise Lost or While She Sleeps, it's not even a question. It's While She Sleeps. And um, I think there's maybe a conversation about who pulls in more people between Creator and While She Sleeps. But I would say it's a pretty close run thing. I think Sleeps might might tip it um tell you what man i just had a quick look at the streaming numbers because i was thinking you might have a point about this country but i bet worldwide the numbers are different and yeah sleep's actually a current i mean they've just got a new album out so it's slightly different but um they are pulling the most streaming numbers out of all those bands which is not a be all and send all of the argument like physical is a thing especially with a lot of these bands we're talking about but it's pretty interesting, man. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's no, I mean, for me, like, yeah, I, what, you know, Bury Tomorrow, like you quite rightly say, seem to be a band who, um, very much like a metalcore band, whereas Sleeps are very happy to kind of, uh, admit their love of like Ibiza dance and post-hardcore and lots of things that are not very Bloodstock related, but, I can't remember. Was it Daft Punk that Matt was referencing ahead of not this album, the last album? They were saying, like, uh, oh, we've been channeling like he said something mad. 
yeah, I think like Ibiza, um, it's just like Ministry of Sound annuals and stuff, I think he was saying. I mean, obviously, <laughs> yeah. they ripped off Nightcrawlers on that, didn't they, on that album? There's yeah, a massive yeah, Nightcrawlers yeah, yeah. rip-off. But, um, but I think the, the thing is, is that it's all well and good saying that on paper, blah, blah, blah. They do this, they say that, they're not quite part of this. As soon as they get on that stage, if they do anything approaching what they did at Download, I think it's going to be quite hard to ignore them. Yep. Definitely. I mean, when they play Bray, I'm genuinely looking forward to seeing people. And I don't want to, you know, I want, I want to give people credit. I'm not saying that most people that go to Bloodstock don't know who While She Sleeps are. Like, the music doesn't really work like that anymore. But I think seeing people's reactions when they drop that riff on Brainwashed is going to be a real treat. Um, there's lots else going on. Yeah, Silosis, I think that's cool. They're getting a big slot. They've been a band that's been kind of grinding away for years. And I think this will be a good opportunity for them. I think they probably fit. Um, Bloodstock the best out of most of these young British bands we're talking about as well um, Malevolence like I feel like they're a band that a lot of people won't know quite what they're in for with Malevolence but I think everyone's going to remember them once they've seen them is that fair to say well Malevolence have this big you know this big bit of sort of Kirk Weinstein-esque crowbar that you know like yeah they're ultimately kind of a hardcore band but they pull in that kind of Louisiana, New Orleans sludge thing. And I think if they if they lean in on that a bit, I think it's going to, again, I, I can't really see the problem with Malevolence being there at all. It's going to be very good. I think, no. they, I think they played it before. I think I saw them, they played the second stage before and they had a lovely time. I was going to so. say, I feel like I've seen them at the tent there before. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that'd be great. And I don't actually know if Wargasm are definitely playing this Saturday because uh, I haven't seen the stage times officially, but I've seen something that said they were actually on the on the Sunday. But on the Blobstock website, Wargasm are currently listed on the Saturday anyway. Um, I mean, Steve and I have slightly different opinions on them. I'm quite a big fan of what they do musically. We definitely both agree that the, uh, the download pilot show was scrappy at best. <laughs> um <laughs> I mean, they got away with it at download from the point of view that everyone was there for them. They got a pretty good crowd. People, I mean, I went down the front during the last few songs and people genuinely lost their minds for a spit. Like, I was actually quite surprised how crazy people were going. I think Bloodstock, like, I don't think they're going to get away with that again. It's got to be a bit tighter, <laughs> shall we say? Fucking hell, yeah. I mean, it's got to be a bit tighter wherever they're playing, surely. Sure, yeah, sure. Like, but I guess it's kind of like the excitement of being at Download and having obviously a lot of people that are big fans of them. Like, this is not a partisan crowd for Wargasm, I don't think. Not at all. No, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on how many of those people have come in the aftermath of your loaves and your While She Sleeps and those kind of bands being added to the bill. Yeah, I mean, a lot of tickets were sold by then. I think we can, I'm not sure we can tickets are even available now. And Wargasm got added relatively recently. So, I mean, yeah. I'd be, I'd like to think enough fans of these bands would do that. But I don't know. I guess we'll know when we get there, won't we? Yeah, we'll find out. I mean, in, just in a, in, a, in a sort of general bloodstock year, I would assume that Wargasm would not get on the bill. Because, I mean, I don't actually know. I've got to be honest, I... I I say like they're not the type of music that would suit Bloodstock. I don't really feel like I know if that's true or not because who knows what they actually sound like. I mean, I'm assuming they weren't meant to sound how they sounded at the download pilot. Because if they are, then I don't know whether they're some sort of fucking, you know, Miles Davis free jazz fucking post-noise thing, which I don't think is what they're aiming for. Um, they're, they're a little more simplistic than that. They're kind of like... New metal riffs meet mm. kind of punky, riot girly, fun and games kind of Yeah. Thing. And I would say that that's not necessarily typical Bloodstock fare. Um, but yeah, I guess, I mean, yeah, they could probably do with just being a bit better. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, like they just need to be better at like actually playing their songs. Yeah, I think that's I think that's reasonable, um, but I'm you know I'm hopeful. I'd like I'd love to see them prove my kind of current feelings about how they might go down here wrong and just smash it because I do think they're a really good band on uh, certainly on record anyway. Conjurer got to be a home run, hasn't it? We kind of said that Downloads was maybe 
they were like they were quite a heavy band for that day at Danlo. But here they're going to be right at home, aren't they? Kind of this, kind of a similar slot as well, like early on the Saturday. Yeah, this is sort of the inverse while she sleeps, isn't it? Like, yeah, I mean, like whereas Conjurer download and it was like, well, we don't really know if this is the right thing, but okay. Um, And I think here this is going to be the sort of venue and the sort of place where they should be playing and the slot they should be getting and the crowd that they should be playing to. People will surely be much more familiar with what they do and the, you know, the, the style of metal that they play than they were at download which had a lot of people kind of a little bit confused and i think it should travel better due to there being a better atmosphere and they are really 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 great live as well like what however anyone else feels about them they are fucking great live and if they can recreate that on a big stage which they kind of managed just about managed to do at download i think their second go at doing a big stage. This should be really, really great. Should be. Yeah, definitely. I'll back that. Uh, any particular shout outs for the whole Goblin New Bloods or Sophie Lancaster stage or what else we've got? The Jägermeister stage. Oh, I do want to shout out Mountain Caller on the Jägermeister stage, actually. I think they're on uh, in the evening. Um, if you've heard their stuff, it's kind of like instrumental, kind of progressive kind of stonery, doomy vibes. It's really, really good stuff. I'm interested to see how that translates to what I think is normally a fairly acoustic stage. Um, so definitely go check them out if you happen to be in the Jägermeister vicinity on a Saturday evening. Um, any shout-outs for the rest of Saturday, Steve? Yeah, I've got a couple. Um, Video Nasties, I think, are really uh, good. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, Liverpool-based sort of horror-themed thrash, but with... Uh, kind of in, in in a sort of power trip vein, I think they do thrash, but with that type of um, raw, like what is what I think what is missing from a lot of the the kind of thrash revivalist bands is that kind of warped pace, raw energy, like real kind of genuine spittle and anger. And uh, and video nasties have a lot of that. They're really good. I also think Baylor are quite good. They're a kind of. Um, I was gonna say metalcore. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to use the word metal. Metallic hardcore. They've got a sort of every time I die, um, poison a well type thing to it. So it's, it's heavy, but it's not necessarily metally heavy. But it's quite riffy. They're good. Um, and obviously, the main band who everyone's gonna to want to see, a party cannon. I would have thought. I mean. Yeah, it's got to happen. Like, I, I want to see Party Cannon because I still remember the first time they kind of went viral because of um, that logo appearing on. I can't remember if it was like Maryland Death Fest or something like that, but it, or like Incineration. No, it wouldn't have been Incineration. I can't remember what it was, but it was like a proper like extreme metal festival, all black kind of poster with all spirally white logos, <laughs> and then there was Party Cannon in the middle of it. I mean that logo must attract them it's such a good idea it must bring in so many people that probably wouldn't bother with them otherwise plus they're called party cannon yeah i mean it's a fucking absolutely genius piece of marketing isn't it absolutely genius piece of marketing and i don't think party cannon unlike some of the fucking crap that uh we have mentioned in the kind of comedy metal realm um i don't think they're a comedy band i think they've just got a it just got a, a, a. I just think that's their logo. I think they're a perfectly serious band, but they've just got a mad. Like, we're not even mad, is it? I mean, it's not even a mad logo. It's just a logo. A lot of bands have logos that aren't a million miles off of that. In like indie, isn't it? And I think it's the and, Toys R. Is it the Toys R Us logo? Like the Toys R Us font. I think yeah, it is, it's, you know. it's similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks it's very similar. Kind of, it's even got the backwards R on it. That's why I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm suspicious of. But yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, Toys R Us are, are out of business now, so presumably that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that probably, works. probably, probably party can and put them out of business. Yeah, exactly. People said I don't want to get toys anymore. I want to go watch serious but fun band, extreme yeah. metal. Mm. Uh, good. Um, yeah, that yeah, video Nazis is definitely the band. I've got a feeling. Again, I haven't confirmed this yet because I haven't seen the official stage times, but I'm worried they might clash with Conjurer, which would suck balls. Um, but yeah, they are a very good band. Uh, Sunday, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff on the Sunday as well, and we'll definitely get into it. But it's so hard to look past Judas Priest, Steve. A Judas Priest Sunday set at Bloodstock. I don't know if it gets much better than that. I don't know if it does. 
I mean, I legitimately don't know if it does. I don't mean just for this festival either. I just mean in life. Does it get, <laughs> does it get much better than that? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, mate, this will be fucking great. Like 50 years. They're celebrating with 51, obviously, now. 50 years of Judas Priest, which means presumably we're going to get some kind of greatest hit set. Um, hopefully with a bit of firepower chucked in because, you know, most people, I don't think you and I are, um, it's not a, it's not a hot take to say that firepower was fucking great. One of Judas Priest's yeah. best albums. Yeah, it's really fucking good. It's, it's been enough time to say that and I, I've still not seen them on it because I was not there for the Bloodstock that they played on that album cycle because I thought like, oh, they'll be back. They'll do, they're doing the Aussie dates. It'll be fine. <laughs> just never yeah. seen them since. No, fucking hell. Um, yeah, they were brilliant at Bloodstock in 2018. Would have been, would have had to be 18, yeah. Yeah, 2018. They were really, really fucking good. And um, just the greatest hits Judas Priest set is, is the, the stuff of fucking dreams. It's like, the tonic, isn't it? Yeah, it's so good. I mean, you can literally, there are so many things that they could pick from so many parts of their career that i just want to hear i mean you know obviously you've got the fucking i wouldn't mind hearing a bit of the early stuff the sort of sad wings of destiny stuff when yep. you get to like the british still era obviously that is like the fucking bullseye home run for beer drinking fists in the air hugging your mate fun um i'll be doing that to you by the way while that's going on i hope you don't mind good and uh, <laughs> and you know, scream when you get to like screaming for vengeance, not amazing. I even I listened to Jugulator recently, which is the first one with oh, Tim yeah. Ripper Owens, and it's um, it's brilliant. It's really yeah. really great. And no, like obviously, I don't expect them to play anything from that. But you know, even when you get to like, you Angel never know though. I think I'm pretty I, sure I, Rob Halford really... has said that he would be open to playing those songs if it came to it. Mm. I think that would be really good. Like I'd be the probably be one of the only people who'd be like, yeah, but um. Yeah, yeah like maybe one for their for their own shows rather than a festival. But I, I don't know. I mean, like you know, Maiden are doing the Legacy tour and they're playing um, Blaze songs. You know, obviously they pretty much always play Portiano songs. But they're playing Blaze songs as well on the latest tour, so it can happen. Uh, Saxon supporting them as well, just as perfect a booking as you could probably really ask for. Headline the first Bloodstock. They are Bloodstock legends. That will be good fun. Um, Glory Hammer for all your uh, all you lovers of just silliness in metal out there power metal silliness um there are a surprisingly big band like the numbers they pull on streaming and stuff like that uh pretty big and they actually kind of they've earned that they've earned that slot there to be quite honest uh, which is pretty mad when you compare them to paradise lost but there you go um therapy at bloodstock that's quite an interesting one to me what do you say about that steve well i love therapy i think they're one of the all-time most underrated rock bands uh, on alternative rock bands and actually i don't think it's that weird a booking at all because i think therapy have made a habit throughout their career of turning up at festivals where people go oh you're not you're, you're too heavy for this festival or you're too indie for this festival you're too rock for this festival's a metal festival what are you doing here why are you at this indie festival why are you at glastonbury why are you at monsters of rock they don't really necessarily fit in anywhere and yet despite that they kill it wherever they go. I mean, they stood in for corn at the Ozfest in nineteen ninety eight with a day's notice, and everyone's like, "Oh, poor, poor therapy. They're going to get their ass handed to them." Nope, not at all. Absolutely smashed it. They were great. Everyone loved it. Had a lovely time. It's uh, a no brainer. People can go, "Oh no, not therapy. They're an alternative rock band." They will. They will kill it. They always do. I have no doubt. I don't. I don't know if I've ever seen Therapy. You know, Steve. They're one of those bands that I've not listened to a whole lot, but I've always fancied seeing, and they've always kind of eluded me for some reason. Well, you should go and watch um, them this weekend, then. Well, I'm sure I'll be there with at least one person that will be dragging me along. Uh, one band that's definitely not eluded me, and I've seen tons of times, but I always just fucking love seeing every single time, and it just it just makes sense for them to be on the main stage of Bloodstock. Orange fucking Goblin. They're finally celebrating their 25th anniversary. They have had so many highs and lows, this band, in their career. And uh, that's just going to be a fucking great moment. I'm so excited to see Orange Goblin, baby. Uh, Bleed from within? Do you think they can... Can they afford to bring the same set that they had at Downloads? No, I don't know. I mean, it's I not being snidey. I'm generally like... That That was like a, a big set they brought with them. 
Yeah, I don't think they need it really. Like, I mean, I think that's cool if they do, but I don't think they need to bring the pyro with them as well. I think like they're just really good. I think if they took that part, that, that set would have still been amazing without all the fucking jiggery pokery that was going on. So I don't know. I don't think it really matters to be perfectly honest. I think Believe From Within, again, you know, they feel at this point like quite a, a pretty, like you said about Silosis, I think Believe From Within have feel like a pretty good fit for Bloodstock at this point, And I have no doubt at all that they will do very well. Yeah, I think so as well. They're always fucking great. Um, one of those bands that should be bigger than they are. And, you know, maybe still could be. Uh, there's a lot of stuff happening on the other stages well, of course, on the Sunday. Evil Scarecrow have just become kind of like one of Bloodstock's house bands. Um, I'm not really into the comedy metal stick for the most part. Uh, but um, you know the last time I saw them was at Bloodstock and they had what generally looked like about 10,000 people doing crab moves so I can't really fault it to be honest um, yeah but but you weren't happy about it and neither was I because both of us stood there and watched it and we were like Why? I mean I think it was probably because kind of similar to when I saw Ailstorm in Canada a few years ago it's like a, a probably genuinely brilliant band had probably just come on with a much smaller crowd and then Evil Scarecrow come on and Hailstorm and Glory Hammer I'm sure all these bands like hey man they're fucking undeniable I don't know I've just kind of given up fighting that war you won the silly bands won you can you can have you can have it um, no never give I'm not I'm not prepared to concede <laughs> I'm absolutely not prepared to concede this mate I'm just not I'm fine with it. I can. I'm just. I've kind of. I'm just. I can live with it now. They do what they do, and they do it very well. So fair fucks. Um, Black Spiders. It's weird to say they feel like a throwback, but they did kind of not do anything for a while, and now they're back. They were like uh, a band that were voraciously cere- uh, celebrated by Metal Hammer in years gone by. Um, that's probably going to be a really good fucking set in the Sophie Ten, isn't it? And they've just released the second best album of their career as well. That's not bad at all. album. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I really like Black Spiders. I've always, that, that first album is fucking excellent. The follow-up's got some good songs on it. Um, probably not, it's not as good, but they come back with a really good album this year. Really good. Good. We should all listen to it before we go. Uh, if you want riffs of various kinds, Green Lung and Black Tongue will definitely sort you out. Black Tongue, um, mate. Fucking heavy as fuck. Too heavy. Too heavy, baby. No, they're not too heavy. They're brilliant. Uh, God, what else is going on? That's kind of just about it in terms of all the stuff we're like particularly hyped about. Um, there's just so much stuff going on across all these different stages. It's going to be absolutely mad. Uh, who are you most excited about of Bloodstock this year, Steve? If you just had to pick one, what are you most in your heart one. makes you think, let's go? Um, I mean, I I have seen Judas Priest at Bloodstock before and I am really excited for that, but I won't pick them. Because that seems really, really obvious. Um, I also it's a good answer. To be fair, it is a good answer. I think all three of the. I mean, I think all three of the. It's very rare that I go. Oh, the three headliners are the the are the three essential bands. But I think the three like this is the thing about Bloodstock is because you don't see bands at this headline in festivals that much. It's not like you know when you go to download and you're like, well, I mean, obviously, yeah, Metallica or Iron Maiden or Slipknot or whoever will be great, but seen it a bunch of times so them headlining again is just going to be them headlining again and you'll have a lovely time but is it the essential going to be the essential story of the weekend it rarely is the sort of fourth fifth headlining time at a massive festival like this whereas you know we're not seeing priests for ages and haven't really you know, they've only done bloodstock once before creator feels really fucking like just such a beautiful story and devin could do anything he could do anything so i would say all three headliners would be right at my in my top, definitely my top five. You ask for one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say what? Am I gonna say while she sleeps? Napalm? No, Ooh. I'm gonna say Napalm Death. Nice. Yeah. Because they're the best. They're, really the, they're the best band on the whole bill, in my opinion. Yeah. I can't I can't fault that logic. I can't fault that logic. Um, it's gonna be a great weekend. Uh. And yeah, we're just really, really excited about it. And we will see you there. Uh, we will be back on this very show next week, in fact, reviewing all the great stuff from Bloodstock. We'll tell you what happened in all the headliner sets, the songs that Debbie played, if Creator lived up to the headliner situation. I mean, they're going to art now. I don't even know why I said that. Spoiler, they'll be great. 
Um, the songs that Judas Priest played to celebrate 50 years of heavy metal. Um, which of all the young bands we've talked about on this week's show stepped up and smashed it. Uh, and uh, some of the younger bands, the younger, younger bands that we caught who have got us excited as well. All on next week's show. Uh, go and pick up the latest issue of Melt Hammer to celebrate 20 years of toxicity by System of a Down. Tinyurl.com slash gethammer is the address you need. We heard that some, uh, a couple of territories across the UK have struggled to get hold of the new issue. Apparently there was some kind of flooding in a warehouse somewhere or something happened when all that crazy weather was hitting us a few weeks ago. Uh, so if you can't get it in your local store, but you normally can, don't wait on it. Go to tinyurl.com slash gethammer to get it delivered straight to your door. We'll be unveiling the new issue of Metal Hammer soon as well. It is for heavy metal, for new albums and new things happening this year. It's as fucking big as it gets. I'll leave it at that. But it's very, very exciting stuff. Uh, and also, don't forget to go and check out our lovely sponsors at Killstar. Killstar.com is where you need to be if you want to check out all the latest ranges in the very, very best of gothic and metal alternative uh, fashion and accessories and everything else. In the meantime, we'll see some of you in a field. I'll see you in a field, Steve, on Friday. You bloody will. See you later. I'm excited. Ours is a beer. Cheers. Cheers. Goodbye. Bye.